Beyond and hello. Welcome once again to Podcast Beyond. I am Max Scoville filling in for Jonathan Dornbush, who is taking a uh, lovely seasonal gingerbread making class uh, through through Masterclass. So please tweet him photos of your favorite gingerbread houses. Joining me once again, Brian Altano. I love gingerbread houses. Lucy O'Brien. <laughs> me too. And Tom Marks. Can't we do Thanksgiving first? What, what no, what you gotta, it? you gotta. It, it takes time. You gotta, you gotta get the permits and and make sure that they're they're safe and the you know up to uh, code. You, you guys don't elves. You guys don't make a Thanksgiving turkey home. No, <laughs> uh, so I'm anyway, a mountain out of mashed potatoes. That's the yeah. Like you're gonna go find the the close encounters of the aliens. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if, uh, if you you could possibly guess from that intro that had nothing to do with anything, this is a PlayStation podcast where we talk about Sony PlayStation and all the games playable on that lovely, sometimes weirdly shaped system. Um, as it is, as we're kind of hurtling into Thanksgiving week here in uh, in America, it's kind of a weird, spotty, slow news week. Um, obviously, the big sort of sort of thing that's happening is a lot of people are jumping on Black Friday stuff, but a lot of people are also taking vacations. So we get sort of little tidbits of news. Uh, one big running thing we've been talking about a lot is how hard it is to get a hold of a PS5. And we have some pretty hard info about why that's the case, which I think a lot of us guessed, which is um, because of robots. Um, so Business Insider uh, spoke to a UK-based group called Crep Chief Notify, mm. uh, which has been using basically like homemade codes and bots and algorithms and stuff. And they have collectively purchased, uh, this is a 12 member group. They've collectively purchased close to 2,472 PlayStation five units in recent weeks. Uh, plus just under a thousand when pre-orders first open in September. So 12 dudes have almost 3,500 PlayStation fives, which is maybe why it, they're hard to find them. Crap chief notify. Am I right? I'll say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this sucks. This totally yeah. sucks. No, it's so Brian, I kind of want to pick your brain on this because you are kind of big into buying sneakers. And this is mm -hmm. kind of a this is a, a thing that kind of people see this with trying to, um, you know, scoop up new new Nikes whenever they do that, those drops and stuff. What's like what's your experience trying to track down shoes when this kind of happens? Um, well, what usually happens is uh, and this is what's interesting here is that when you buy Nikes through uh, say you want a new pair of shoes, right? Like. Your, your options are you go through the sneaker app, um, you go to a retail store and you camp out in line like like the olden days, or uh, you immediately buy from a secondhand market like on a website called StockX or something like that, or eBay. Um, StockX does a little bit better of a job of verifying purchases. But basically, um, everyone is at the last minute with a 10-minute warning uh, from the sneakers app. You can basically say, these are the shoes I want. And you have to buy them directly through there. They have your credit card information. From there, a variety of spectacular failures usually ensue. Maybe you get lucky. Um, and so people have created bots, uh, which will spam these apps uh, with hundreds of like sort of dupe and dummy accounts and do everything they can to buy them directly from this app uh, because an app can't wait in line or a bot can't wait in line at a store. And in 2020, you probably can't either. And so everyone is now funneled into this one option. Uh, and then within seconds, those shoes when acquired are flipped and resold on StockX and uh, no one's the wiser basically. So the secondhand market is uh, flooded with people who uh, are affluent enough to not want to deal with any of the headache garbage. And so they just go, I'm just going to go directly to StockX or eBay and buy the thing here. So where a lot of people were like, you know, they, they see time as money. They don't want to refresh websites all day long and try to get a PS5. So they go directly to eBay or some secondhand thing and they buy them from there, which uh, then obviously feeds this sort of circular addiction of, of bots flipping and, and vice versa, cutting you, the consumer, out of getting anything. What makes things more difficult on this side is that uh, most of the PS5s are not sold directly through PlayStation. They're sold through third-party vendors like GameStop and through Walmart. Uh, GameStop is circumventing this by basically making it so you can only buy bundles. It's almost incredibly difficult to get just a PS5 from GameStop. You have to get a PS5 that comes with a backpack and a hat and socks and all this other horse shit you don't really need. Is that to um, just to try to 
to piss off scalpers if they're they're like no one's going to want to rebuy a backpack like is it that's that's probably honestly it's partly that and it's also for gamestop to relieve themselves of inventory and stuff that they wouldn't be able to move on a normal basis um thus keeping their company in business now uh most of these things don't really have some sort of like walled off nature of making it so that there is a limit in what you can buy if you go directly through playstation uh meaning you got one of those like codes in the mail from them or that like invite um then you're you're kind of limited to what they allow you to get which is usually one or two systems right same with like the microsoft store when you get to try to get a series x but there's traditionally nothing really from stopping you from buying six units on amazon of each SKU, six on walmart six on best buy 10 from costco blah 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 so theoretically one credit card assuming you give your uh credit card company a heads up can purchase 20 ps5s to one address set up a bunch of different credit cards or multiple addresses po boxes and stuff like that you got six or seven roommates all of a sudden you've daisy chained dozens and dozens of people working together to create a, a, a giant wall of playstation 5s all of which get sold in the secondhand market i i've tweeted about the pay, uh, ps5 a ton using the ps5 ha- hashtag just anecdotally every time i've done that scalpers have come into my mentions being like i got ps5s for sale and i'm always like unless you're selling those things at retail costs you can f off because like i don't i don't want people scalping shit in my mentions like go do your dirty work somewhere else and so we've been covering this people have been selling these systems for two thousand dollars or more on ebay and they're not just putting them there they're actually selling i think Uh, we checked it and and it's sort of in terms of what's actually sold it's kind of topped off at like 1500 Yep. which is oh you know just a, a measly like three times the retail price mm-hmm. you know, no big deal and, and sony put out a quote just uh yesterday saying we have sold every ps5 there is no like secret inventory we don't recommend ever launching a uh console highly sought after during a global pandemic ever again like they're they're gone so right now your only option is to buy them through either secondhand people who are like i'm tired of this ps5 i'm trading it into gamestop which is not happening or uh scalpers and this absolutely sucks because this is not a situation where um you know there will be some flickering throughout the holidays like there might be a little bit of inventory burst uh, over the next few days for black friday and stuff like that but for the most part if you want a ps5 you're going to have to pay a scalper between now and when the inevitable restocks are so yeah this sucks Willy Wonka golden ticket bullshit. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's it's so sad. I mean, it's not it's not it's not surprising cause of the pandemic and because we're so restricted, um but it just sucks. Yeah, I think that the strictly digital side of it is really infuriating because like you can obviously I'm sure rig up like a code to try to you know, reserve in-person PS5s, but at, even then you're limited to like, oh, I have to go to like, how many are there physically in my local store? How can right. I get curbside pickup? Am I willing to drive to all the local Best Buys and Walmarts? Um, but when everything is sort of existing in this sort of, you know, on the e-commerce side of things, uh, yeah, this this would happen, which this sucks. This is horrible. Yeah, I mean, I guess theoretically you could set up like captchas and stuff like that. Like there's there's methods in play to, to do, I mean, if, if you try to change your, you know, password on a website somewhere. There's usually all these like hoops you have to jump through. Um, you would think that there would be something like that. But like I said, because the um, retail market is so scattered with so many different companies, like we had a coworker who we're, we're on the, we're on a Slack channel at IGN called it's like connection con- hardware or console pre-orders or something like that, where we all kind of try to help each other out to be like, they're in stock here, uh, go over here. They're in stock here. And, uh, uh, Friend of the show, John Borba, who's produced the show before, got a console at Kohl's, a store I didn't know was still in business. You know, wow, this is like if, if you got a PS5 from TJ Maxx, you know, and like a, a jar of San Francisco 49ers Jelly Bellies from six years ago. Like this, it's chaos right now. Like, I, like with that said, I'm really curious um, if you are in a relatively COVID free country. So shout out to New Zealand and Australia. Kia ora. Please let us know if if you are also struggling to find a PS5 because you know there are more options to actually walk into a store. Right. Um, yeah, I'd really love to hear from you guys. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Just... That, that I mean that that actually could be. I, I'm not sure how. I, I assume the the console is completely region free, right? Like you could you hypothetically ask a friend 
abroad to try to get you one. The thing is, they sold out. They launched in the UK just the other day. Sold out instantly. Same deals happening over there. Scalpers and everything. So I mean, the games is- are still region locked. Like. Which is mm-hmm. still the hard. I mean, I know you'd have to like switch out the plugs. You'd have to get like a different right. You switch right. out the plugs. I yeah. I don't know if you'd be able to. I don't know what it is in terms of the. I presume it's the same with the discs. Is that like they're different? There's PAL and then there's the mm-hmm. NC. Blah blah. That's such a weird. That's a whole weird thing. Um, the Blu-rays yeah. are region free. I don't know. I haven't used like Some, sometimes physical they are, media in a long time. It's a yeah. Whole I mean, thing. it is. It is worth repeating, and I feel like I say this often, but maybe this will help to those of you who haven't heard it yet, but you don't really need this console yet. I know you want it, and it's been a terrible year, and you maybe have the money for it, but you can wait. Like there's, it's The, the hardware is kind of having a lot of issues right now across both platforms, and uh, the games are mostly on your PS4, but... I know you want it. I get it. Like, it's awesome. I, I, I basically worked outside all day waiting for my delivery guy to show up from Amazon. Like, it's, you know, I, I didn't believe it was real until I had it in my hands. Um, but that's not how, you know, the, 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 the impulsive nodes, the human brain work. Like, yeah. Anyway, there's a Matt Kim did a great write up sort of about the, the parallels between, you know, sneaker culture and the consoles going up. Um, I, I remember going into this thinking like, yeah, there's probably going to be scarcity, but like, you know, there was scarcity for the Wii when that came out. And I just remember it being like kind of like kind of like a fun treasure hunt almost. Or like I, my wife had to like call a bunch of like targets to track down a PSVR when she got me one for Christmas. And that was like there's something almost, you know, there's a there's sort of a thrill to it. It's still a pain in the ass. But at the very least, there's there's like a a, a, a challenge as opposed to an impossibility. And in this case, it's just if you've got it, you've got dudes who are. You've, you've got dudes who are cheating like that's it there's just some some guys have cheat codes and they're just hoarding ps5s yeah. no 2020 has remo- completely removed the element of like asking the stock guy do you can you check the back if you have do you have are you sure you don't have one in the back <laughs> like the back was the mysterious you know endless <laughs> vortex where there was always your perfect pair of shoes and then and the t-shirt they didn't have on the show floor and and next-gen consoles but th- all that's gone this year because of the pandemic so everything has been online and that means we it's like we're only our only option is to fight robots. Yeah, I think really just putting a captcha on there might have been a good option opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, just do the thing where which of these are street signs, please click on the horse, like which is prove you are a human being. Just the most basic, just the basic. I like, I like the idea of like the Terminators running out with the machine guns and they're stepping on skulls and somebody puts up a capture and they're like, oh no, what the fuck <laughs> <can> we do? <laughs> um so anyway, uh in other news. <laughs> <Traffic lights>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, we got some news about Hitman 3, which is probably 2021's first big game that is coming out on January 20th. Uh, Square Enix put up a big trailer for that, which is showing off the new location, which is uh, Chongqing in China, uh, which has tons of neon lighting, which is great because the next gen versions of this game have gorgeous lighting and reflections and water and animations and lots more NPCs on display who you can, um, you know, creep around and I don't know, strangle with a garrote wire or whatever. Um, and it's going to be 4K, 60 frames a second HDR on the new consoles, which is cool. And they're also going to give this Hitman 1 and 2 the same big next-gen coat of paint, which is uh, pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a nice thing to look forward to. Uh, are any of you guys looking forward to Hitman 3? Is that on your I, radar? It definitely is. The funny thing to me is thinking back about like when Hit, this Hitman was first discussed and first announced, and there was this whole big, like, I don't want to call it a controversy, but it was all like this mess of like, is it episodic? And people were like, it's not episodic. And the developers were like, it's definitely not episodic. We're just releasing it in episodes. And people were like, wait, what's going on? Like, And that was like this huge, weird thing. And now like years and years later, it's like they're kind of similar, doing similar things with it. But also it's like not really a big deal anymore. And they've proven that they can, this model is like, actually really engaging and really interesting and they're doing it well and they're supporting the old games to kind of make them all one big package and it's just kind of like i'm it's really impressive to see what they've done with this iteration of hitman and continue to do with it into next gen didn't like is this the first hitman since they got bought by wb or was that two i think Uh, that was i think that they they went independent right after two okay so they kind of they kind of pulled a bungee there which is which is cool i don't know like i'm happy to see them doing this because again they've been um that first game got totally totally slept on because it was coming out in bits and pieces and people would sort of be like 
oh, it's great. And then they'd forget about it. And then another one would come out and they'd be like, oh, it's great. And then they put out eventually the whole collected version. People were like, this game, this game rules, but it was completely like, I don't know. A lot of people just kind of were like, I'll get around to it. And I remember, I think the, the giant bomb guys were like kind of banging that drum a whole bunch being like, please pay attention to this game. Yeah, um, but it, it's, wasn't, it wasn't until two that people really sort of like, when it was, again, it was like a whole package and you could play the entire first game in it that was like, oh, this is really enticing. Yeah, and it seems like they're kind of doing this, continuing this with with three, which is really, I guess, kind of more of like a 3.0 than just a three. Um, right. I'm actually, I'm kind of excited for this because I feel like this is the window um, where I kind of get out of my comfort zone when it comes to like new consoles are always when I, I play a bunch of stuff that like I wouldn't have played in the in the last year. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. racing games and like Hitman's been around for a long time and I've dabbled in it here and there. Uh, but I was like weirdly itching for like a kind of st- stealth game on my PS5 the other day. And I was thinking, like, what can I really play? Like, like there's stealth I, segments in Miles, but for the most part, it's, you know. I'm the same, Altano. And also, I kind of want to jump in because I am very excited for this Project 007. Yes. Um, <clears throat> which is what, you know, I is doing next. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, I don't think we talked about this in the show, but if you missed it, they released a teaser for Project 007, which is going to be a, a James Bond game origin story, totally not based on any particular movie. But mm-hmm. that's that team knows what they're doing in that sense. Yeah, yeah I just cool. want to play a good James Bond game. You know, it's been yeah. a second. I remember there was one like Tristan Ogilvie from the Australian team reviewed one. And apparently he said in this in this game that Tristan was reviewing, it was so bad. He said the name's James, James Bond. And it's like, that's, you don't, that's yeah. not the line. Like that is like, that is like the what, like that is 101. <laughs> Babies know that. Babies know that. May you have the force around you at all the times. <laughs> I will return from being back. <laughs> but yeah, so this is uh I don't know i'm again like i'm kind of on the same page with this but also i think because they have there is so much sort of hitman one and two kicked i don't know if they're going to include all that or what the deal is there but um i think this is based on how these these games are um a buddy of mine was got super into them and i just i they give you basically a bunch of different weird ways you can try to complete a level or like weird kind of almost sort of vr mission type approaches where it's like do do the whole thing but make sure the person dies in the sauna or whatever and you have to you know you have to figure out how to like screw up the sauna so it cooks a person instead of makes them relax or whatever it's i i love that that level of kind of imagination rather than just you know sneak around and kill people in a conventional sense so um looking forward to that uh in other 2021 news we also got a uh, reveal for neo the world ends with you which is coming to 2021 for ps4 and nintendo switch and this is the sequel to the 2007 Nintendo DS game that was eventually ported to iOS and Switch, which is sort of a action RPG set in Shibuya. It's got like a very distinct kind of aesthetic, which looks sort of between Persona 5 and Jet Set Radio. Do any of you have any experience with The World Ends With You? Yeah, I played The the World Ends With You. I loved it. Before I played Persona 5, that was kind of like the, you know, the Tokyo experience game because it was very, it really was beautifully reflective of that city in a really stylish way. Um, and then obviously Persona 5 came around and, and that sort of added to that. So I'm really excited this. I mean, it's, it's eccentric and extremely Japanese in all the best ways. Um, and again, just when we can't leave the country, uh, this is the kind of place I want to go to. Mm-hmm. Tom, do you have any experience with this? You occasionally yeah, I mean, dabble in. All I remember about the like the main thing, the two main things that I remember because I didn't play the the re-releases of The World Ends With You is just it's such a stylish game. Super, super stylish. And I remember one of its big things when it first came out on DS was it being super hard because or like unintuitive initially because you were controlling two characters at the same time, one on the top screen with the buttons and then one on the bottom screen with the touchpad. And it was like, you really had to split your brain in the middle of fights. And that was like super interesting. So I'm interested to see what they do with it. And obviously they had to you know, deal with this with ports to systems that didn't have two screens, but like, I'm interested to see what they do with a sequel <clears throat> taking, cause they can't really use that mechanic as like a core mechanic. So like, how does this game evolve is really, really interesting to me. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fascinating. I remember hearing about this a bunch, but I I was kind of surprised that it's as old of a game as it is. I legitimately thought this came out in like 2012 or something, but I guess that was one of the 
one of the ports. Um, well, the, the the DS and the 3DS generations really blend together in my brain, at least, right? Same. Like, like those those were two distinct consoles that had very distinct libraries to a certain extent. Obviously, DS games played on 3DS, but like it made that whole huge window kind of just like feel like one generation in a weird way. Yeah, I definitely, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, I guess I'm I'm excited to see what it looks like running on, you know, new hardware because that does it does have like a very, you know, distinct style to it. And it's just I don't know. There's so many there's so many games that were on were kind of like, you know, hamstrung by the limited resolution of the DS and 3DS. And I remember people like, you know, dumping 3DS games on emulators and you're like, oh, whoa, that's actually very pretty when you're looking at it on something, you know, bigger than a TI-83 screen. <laughs> Um, speaking of screens, uh, this is a little tidbit of news for a very specific, um, section of people. Uh, we got a statement from Sony over the PS5 supporting variable refresh rates in the future, which it doesn't currently. I think it's kind of the same group of people who are outraged that it didn't support, uh, 1440p resolution, which is that weird middle between 2k and 4k. Um, but variable refresh rates are like how fast the, the monitor changes brian you re- you recently got a new tv display tv and you were we were, t- we were sort of texting about refresh rates yeah um so this is something variable refresh rates uh, basically means and i'm not digital foundry so i will screw this up and then you can clip it out um and throw it back at me and ruin my holidays but no i uh i think that uh this is great news uh this is something that uh some xbox games do but something that microsoft's been working on for a while basically it means uh instead of like capping or locking your refresh rate in at a specific number uh it will uh your ps5 will adapt to the feed it is uh ingesting and spit that back out onto your television assuming your television uh can do that um i have the uh, the lg cx Oh, LED, which Lucy, I believe you have as well. I do. Um, so that one's capable of it. And I, I imagine that's going to be a, a feature we're going to see going forward. In fact, that's like a lot more important. I was looking at like the PS5 box the other day that says 8K on it. Like it's just a useless number to put on your PS5. Like that, this actually, I think more people, especially with Black Friday and stuff coming around, more people looking to get new TVs for next gen um, will end up with televisions that uh, support this feature before we end up with televisions that support AK. So this is really cool. Um, it gets a little wonky at times because it's there's like some handshaking that happens between your console and the game and the television. Um, and I, I noticed with like Call of Duty uh, on Xbox, it I think it needed a patch for it to work perfectly. Um, but yeah, it, when it all gets working together, it's one of those things that it's 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 really, really gorgeous. And I'm really excited to see more games support it because it's, it's it's part of that sort of like next gen oomph, I think, that uh, people are looking for on, on these big new TV sets. Um, by the way, if you are looking for a new TV, I highly recommend that one. It is phenomenal. It's so good. And by the way, the 55 inch is big enough. Let me tell you. <laughs> Um, I wish I'd, I wish I'd listened to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mostly bring that up because that's like, again, yeah, people are, you know, getting new TVs and stuff, but there's always the conversation about, uh, you know, frame rate and resolution, but this is like that kind of other variable that doesn't necessarily come into play as much. I think you mm-hmm. see it more with, you know, gaming monitors, but yeah, I mean, again, it has to be a, a kind of weird three-way handshake between like, does the software support it and does the display support it? But like the good news is down the road, the PS5 will at least support it. So that's, um, you know, one more moving part that's moving. And also, Sony said something about something, which is always good to acknowledge. Yeah. No, I think this is um, this is good future proofing on on their behalf. And I'm I'm happy to see the consoles do this because uh, they're going to be here for a while. And so, you know, I, I, I think that like knowing that there's a sort of like a trajectory for them to grow along with uh, displays. Like we're at the point now where like these LG CX TVs, I believe like the 55 inch is like 1300 bucks or something. Yeah. Um, it, and it keep an eye on it because it drops in price occasionally. Yeah. Like I had a, a sort of a, like an alert set for when it drops in price and it's just, yeah, it's good to, it's good to have cause it does do that. It's not. Yeah. I, be- I believe that. if you can set up a bot to just snipe it when it's at the lowest price, really just try to get like four <laughs> or five of them and you can sell them yeah. on Craigslist. No big deal. Get a couple of PS fives and buy them some shoes while you're there too. <laughs> um, yeah. So speaking of looking at things on displays that looks cool um, last week, uh, I guess a physical copy of cyberpunk 2077 found its way out in the wild and a couple of 
rascals got a hold of it and decided to stream some gameplay and chuckled a whole bunch over it. And of course, CD Projekt Red was quick to yank that down, but even quicker to put up an official uh, clip of Cyberpunk running on both PlayStation 4 Pro and PlayStation 5. And that is probably more exciting to look at with your own eyes than it is to hear us discuss it. But yeah, it's out there. It looks it looks nice on both of them. I'm excited to play this game. One person who has played this game is here with us right now. Tom Marks, you played 16 hours of Cyberpunk 2077. I did, and I How- came out the other side harrowed and tired and just I needed a lot of naps. But it was, <laughs> I bet. it was a good time. Tom, look, we've already had a lot of questions uh, yes. fielded at you, but yeah. I haven't paid attention to all of them. Cool. So I'm just going <laughs> to ask yeah, you. For, well, well, for the record, we do have, yeah, if, if people are curious and hearing in-depth kind of like more curated thoughts, we put out a conversation with me and Ryan talking about the game because Ryan already played four hours. We also put out a full video preview. And then also I took questions from YouTube and Twitter from our audience and answered 11 of the kind of most popular ones. So all those videos are out on IGN and YouTube if you're hungry for cyberpunk. But yes, Lucy, you've ignored all of that. Lay it on me. Okay. Um, so, you know, we we kicked off this podcast talking about how many people haven't been able to get their hands on a PS5. Um a, what did you play on? Was it just, I presume it was PC. Uh, B, looking at that footage now that you've actually, like the PS4 footage, now that you've actually played the game, does it feel like it's a game that is absolutely made for next gen and that the footage that you looked at on YouTube, does that look kind of less than what you experienced? Um, okay, so I played, I played on this weird chimera of a setup which was just kind of a, a, you know, the the reality of doing game demos in 2020 during a pandemic, which was uh, the game was running on a PC, but it was running on a PC in a like CDPR office somewhere else. And I was playing it on my PC with a controller over a streaming service called Parsec which is basically like game streaming, like, you know, how you might see it other places. So basically I was taking control of somebody uh, of a different gaming PC running it. And that, that PC for people who care had an RTX 3080 in it, a GPU. So it was a very strong PC. Um, It's it's basically like a Stadia X cloud situation, but like rock solid. Yeah. 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 Similar and meant, and you know, not meant for mass production. It's meant for hooking one specific computer up to another specific computer um as for the like i don't know i watched the ps4 footage and it didn't like i was surprised by how good it looks right like i think it it, obviously there's places where it looked lesser than of, of just by necessity that makes sense to me but i was surprised by how much sort of like the parts of what i played that impressed me like lighting effects and like obviously facial animations, like the talking is still going to be the same stuff like that. That all still looked really good to me in this footage. I don't think, you know, obviously this is a very curated presentation. Very, very, uh, they're, they're showing us what they want to show us right in a very specific way. And that's their prerogative. Obviously they want to make the game look good. So we don't know how, it's going to be with bugs, with overall performance, if they're only showing us the best little spots that run well, like those questions we still don't know. On PC, on a strong PC, it ran great, but obviously the PC that was running it was next-gen equivalent, right? So it it should run great there. Um, I wonder, yeah, it's, it's a tricky uh, uh, question. I wonder if the differences we're going to see are going to be in stuff like draw dis- distance and, and loading right. times and stuff, and obviously some textures here and there. It was interesting that they did, they showed us PS4 Pro and PS5 footage today, um, but PS5 we still haven't seen it. Compatible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. PS5 via backwards compatibility. So, yeah. That's, no, base, I mean, that's, no base like launch model PS4. Like the two things I'm most curious about are like, what does this look like running on a on a launch model PS4 and what is the actual proper next gen ps5 version look like and we've kind of got these two sort of middle of the road versions i mean again it's super quadruple a eight and a half years in the making middle of the road but i just mean it's not it's not the low end it's not the high high end right right right. so what what i'll say is probably on base ps4 not great is going to be the answer right like it's going to look worse than what it was on ps4 what they showed for ps4 pro and at least the next gen upgrade like i we haven't seen the P4 
PS5 upgrade that's coming, supposedly coming next year. But like I did see the game running on basically the highest settings with RTX on. Right. And that looked really pretty amazing when I when I did that on PC. So like the next gen version, I imagine, is going to look similar to that. And it it looked really pretty amazing. Weren't they weren't they touting the fact that there's no load screens in the main game once you're in there? Yeah, it's kind of like a Red Dead type of thing. I didn't see the only time I ever saw load screens was when I like had to reload a save, uh, which will happen frequently because it's quick save often. That's all I'll say. It's a it's a tricky game. You'll die a lot in combat if you're not being careful. Um, and then also fast traveling. But the funny thing about fast traveling was like I really loved because Night City is like pretty dense, right? Like it's a it's it's a big big map. It's just not like what you'd think of as like RPG insanely massive. They're not trying to like outdo the Witcher here in terms of just sheer like distance, Good. Which, they've been public, which they've been public about. But because it's condensed, because everything's closer together, I actually found myself fast traveling a lot less than I thought I was going to because like you can just drive somewhere in about the same time it would take to load screen to get there. So like why would you sit through a load screen when you can spend a little bit more time but have fun driving and so like that that was one part i really really liked was that seamlessness is is very cool how was the driving it's fine um, <laughs> i this is this is one of the questions i got in that in that burning questions video we made was like it, it's not you know gran turismo and it's not trying to be it shouldn't be compared to that but i thought it was smooth enough i thought it was fun and i was driving the car interiors are really beautiful but i don't like driving in first person in cars and you're doing a lot of turns and going around a lot of other cars. So like mm-hmm. I was in third person most of the time in cars. And then once I unlocked uh, a motorcycle that I could call on command, I was only driving the motorcycle because the motorcycle, I could drive in first person without running into things. And I could also <laughs> like weave in and out of things. And I could also get really dumb where like I could just be like, see a waypoint pointing me to like a market. And I could just be like, well, I'm going to just drive up those stairs then because I'm on a motorcycle and it doesn't matter. <laughs> so motorcycles, I think are going to be probably some people's vehicle of choice in this game. So that's appropriate. It's a very cyberpunk yeah. way of getting around. Tom, um, I, I have a question. Um, I did read your preview, uh, which is really good. Please, please, Would you just please. read it right now. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I've, I read the preview. Quiet it's, for a great, it's a great preview. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you covered a lot of ground, so please check out that preview if you haven't already. It's a it's a great write up. Um, but Tom, I'm I'm really curious. You know, how, The Witcher Three, I I adored. It's one of the best games uh, of the generation, et cetera, et cetera. We all know this. Uh, but I did find the combat slightly clunky, um, yeah. which I, I don't think I'm alone in that. Uh, it's kind of it's a more or less common opinion. Um, Tom, how was the combat in Cyberpunk? The combat was like. <laughs> It's tricky because six. So something just to say, sixteen hours is like a small amount of this game. Like that's right. the vibe I got was that it took me six hours to reach the title card of the game, and then it took me. It that's took me, insane. Yeah, and it took me probably seven or eight total until I really was like at a point in it where I was like, okay, I understand what the structure of this game is. I understand what I'm doing. I understand what the loop is, and now I have the freedom to just do whatever I want and play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say I the combat was probably the thing that impressed me the least about the game. It was a little underwhelming at first. Guns enemies are very bullet spongy from my in my experience. Um, like you can, I was it was very disappointing to walk up to someone and get you know multiple close range headshots and they're like still standing is like a very weird sort of feeling for a what is ostensibly a first person shooter um but one of the things that i was noticing and this is why i'm hesitant to just not be like this is going to be the weak part just like the witcher is like as i was getting deeper into the game i was unlocking things that were making combat more interesting so at some point i unlocked this ability where if i dodged where previously I was only using dodge in melee combat. Um, if I dodged while aiming down sights, time would slow for a few seconds. And that was like really, really cool and made combat way more interesting. I found a gun that uh, could shoot through walls. So at a certain point, my strategy literally just became 
using a hack to get everybody's position and you could see holograms and then just going into another room and just like shooting wall hack, like shooting the holograms of people and never even entering the room where I was fighting them. Like, so there was there as I've got deeper in, there were more options that felt more varied and felt more interesting that kind of made combat fun in a way that like smoothed over sort of the clunkier FPS elements of it, I think. I mean, I think if you approach it like an FPS, you're going to be sort of disappointed unless you sure. like level everything up. But it like clearly they're cribbing a bit from Deus Ex, which was always, yeah, you do have a gun in first person, but the whole idea is that you can also stealth or hack or talk your way around a situation. Yeah, yeah. Did you find did you find a lot of any situations where, you know, like did it did it feel like wide enough that you could sort of circumvent just a straight on shootout? Totally. Uh, I I did a one mission, a main story mission where you have to kind of no spoilers, but you have to go through this this basically enemy base. And it's like four stories of enemies that you're sort of like methodically clearing out. And uh, I didn't I didn't draw my gun the entire time. I still I killed everyone in the base entirely through stealth. Um, and it was awesome, right? Like it was really empowering to be able to do that. I think there's also. This game does a really smart thing that I think some stealth games or games that allow stealth get wrong, which is um, encounters are discrete in situations like that. So that if you screw up stealth and you go loud and everything goes to hell and you're shooting people and it's just an action game, then in the next encounter, it'll like the, the stealth resets, right? You can then have an opportunity. Those guys didn't hear all the gunfire, I guess, right? Like that part's a little weird, but at least then you have an opportunity where it's like, if you screw up in the first floor of a base, you're not just like locked into action the entire time. You can retreat, you can hide, you can figure stuff out and like regroup and keep playing the way you want to play, which I really, really appreciated. This game definitely has a ton of options. Like I went, I went super, my character went super into the body stat, which is like the physical stat. And it meant I couldn't unlock doors through hacking. And I was like, really, or not many doors, right? Like, cause it required a higher hacking stat. Um, and then at a certain point I was realizing that like certain doors I couldn't unlock through hacking, like con- computer controlled doors, but other doors that were just like locked with a locking key, I could literally rip open. So like that's the options you get, right? Is it's literally depending on the stats you go into, you get different paths, very literally different paths that you can or cannot go through and become accessible to you. And I, I was really into all that choice. And that's again, why like the, the like shortcomings of shooting and combat sort of felt balanced out by just like, well, I can just do the thing that seems fun to me then. So not only does this feel like a big, sort of dense, long, very long game if you just stick to playing one style with one sort of archetype, but you could essentially re-roll and play as somebody new and level up entire different skill trees and it'll be a, a, a fairly varied experience, right? Yeah, I think the way you play will be pretty different. One thing I, I did emphasize is like each life path, there are three life paths you can choose. I don't think each life path is a different game. You know, it's not that kind of depth. Um, or, or that variation, but it definitely was like, I chose the corpo life path. And like, every time I was talking to like corporation people, I had a little free dialogue option for me from the corpo life path. That was basically like, Hey, my character comes from this world. I know how to talk to these people. I know how to get through these conversations without a huge issue where if I didn't have that, probably I'd be fighting those people. Right. Mm. And instead I was befriending them. And that's very different. I don't think that'll affect like, you know, fundamentally how you play the game but it will really really alter things in the moment and that was really cool like i really really loved the amount of choice and variation that this game has i mean this is this is a massive dense game that's going to take quite a while to complete let alone see all the side stuff but it's also a game that's meant to be replayed like they've totally yeah they've been pretty transparent about that i mean and i'm god i'm so excited um one thing i've been really curious about and i think a lot of people have sort of noted this is that there's this very like kind of just kind of aggro like tough like cool guy sort of attitude um and all the stuff we've seen like it's obviously very like gritty and you know badass and like i've loved i've always loved like the the sillier side quests in the witcher and the sense of humor did you did you encounter any of the sort of the i guess any levity in the in the margins uh definitely levity um and i won't spoil anything because i obviously people should experience that for themselves this game is it's cyberpunk is surprisingly good at um 
balancing out its over the topness. It mm-hmm. does rely on like crass, you know, smut a lot of the time to like make its <laughs> jokes or like get I love in. some crass smut. I do love filth. I'm just going to be real clear here. A lot of this game, there was that tweet that was circulating like in the last couple of weeks. That's like what feels like porn, but isn't porn. Cyberpunk 27, seven feels like porn, but isn't porn. Like it is there's sex everywhere in this game. Like that's just kind of in the DNA mm-hmm. of it. And that can be like, sort of, if you're not like into that sort of thing, it can be a little in your face at times, but at the same time, I was happy to see that this game has moments for more human interactions, more genuine conversations, stuff that it doesn't have to be just like action and over the top and all that stuff all the time. I enjoyed a lot of that stuff, right? Like the, they do all that relatively well, at least from what I saw in my limited time. But like there's also space for silliness that I saw. There's also space for like really kind of like calm human moments where you're just like having converse, like deep conversations with people that I really appreciated, uh, which I could get into, but I'm not going to, because I think that gets to spoilers. You're being appropriately vague here. I like it. Yeah. One, one side quest specifically that I'll call out without talking about the specifics of, uh, if that makes sense, but it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. I'm moving on. Um, is there was this series of side missions where you have to, there's this, AI taxi company in the game. It's a taxi service run entirely by an AI system uh, called Delamain. And he, at one point you're tasked with going out and finding these rogue taxis that he has lost, that Delamain has lost contact with and finding them. And each one of those is essentially just a gag, right? Like it's basically just these little find this taxi around the city. And then like something very dumb and silly happens around it. Um, and it's, it, those are very, very fun and cute. And, and I don't think I've found anything that's like, you know, huge, big gags, but there's definitely those moments of humor. Yeah, it's not like, there. it's not saints row, but like, I mean, even sure. the witcher had like a part where you're chasing a goat around with a bell. Like there's always like, there's little right. silly kind of fairy tale encounters. Uh, yeah. I really like hearing that though, because I mean, just by nature of its subject matter, it was kind of at the risk. If, if it was in the wrong hands, it could have been a bit edge lordy. You know what I, I mean? Think, I think mm-hmm. it maybe drifts into that at times, but not like to an egregious level. Like, like this is a really good way of ex- of, of of explaining it in my mind. Jr. Um, our our friend and colleague uh, asked me basically. He was like, "Does it feel like that stuff? Like the 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 smut for a better lack of a better word? Feel does it feel like it was written by fifteen year olds? Sort of just going ha ha boobs and laughing and like." Absolutely not. It does not feel like that's that. a bummer because I find that to be some of the funniest. That's uh-huh. there's, that's some of the best stuff in the world. Personally, I would play an entire game that looked that had that polish, but just had a bunch of people. Like, oh, 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 but oh. just it, personally, just saying. Well, that. well, from my perspective, I'm pretty glad that it's uh, not like that. But yeah, it's <laughs> I'm going to have to return my copy back to Coles. This is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, looking at the looking mm-hmm. at the art book they put out, uh, I think this summer, which was probably aligned with one of the release dates they didn't meet. Uh, there's a lot more like it's got all these sort of you know concept art. And it's got sort of in-game advertisements, and there's a lot yeah. more idiocracy and Wally than I was expecting. Like because okay. they've clearly gone it. very heavy in the marketing on like, oh yeah, here's your Ghost in the Shell, here's your Blade Runner, here's your Akira. Like here's this is the very much like you know here's your Total Recall, but it's also got it's also got the Taxi from Total Recall. You know, like it's got a little bit of the the humor to go along with the kind of cool stylized future. Uh, as for the smut, I'm kind of, I mean, obviously I kind of like that because I'm a foul person, but also, I don't know if, if you took somebody from like the 1960s and you brought them to like now they would, you know, you'd take them into H and M and they'd blush. They'd be like, Oh mercy. Look at all these camisoles. Right. Like, Oh, this and, like everyone's look at how people are dressed. <laughs> and to that end, that's why it definitely, all that stuff didn't like, wasn't bad to me it wasn't off-putting to me it felt in place what i saw it just felt like part of the universe and to that end your kind of home neighborhood where you start out is like a dingy bad neighborhood where that stuff is very prevalent and if you go to other neighborhoods it's way less prevalent at times especially in like the fancier area of of night city right you're gonna see a lot less of that sort of stuff because that's just not the neighborhood where that stuff is is supposed to shine and is popular right so like some of this is uh, just a matter of like, I only got to play the first 16 hours of the game and this is what I saw, right? And and I want to be really clear, 
not a complaint, just like something to note is that this is like probably as weird as this sounds, the most adult video game I have ever seen in in the truest sense. Like if the hot coffee mod, if the people who are mad about the hot coffee mod when that hit could play this game, their head would explode, right? Like So not that, adult equals artful and not for children, but adult as in I mean, like this should have thing. like an yeah, like this is like R eighteen kind of thing. That that yes, but like both also right. too. Like it 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 really does have like it's some heavy topics. It's some heavy stuff. I, I don't want to spoil anything with the story, but like, all right, man, well, this I is into the story. This is enough smut from you, Tom Marks. I'd like to talk about something a little more family friendly. You also, you also reviewed Sackboy, a big adventure. Can you talk wow, about that a for a minute? Wow, what a pivot. This wow, is I got whiplash from that one. <laughs> <laughs> this Jesus. Is, this is Christ. My... That's, you went from like Thong Song to Raffi on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Sackboy, a big adventure could definitely be read a number of ways. So that is oh, no. true. That is true. true. <laughs> yeah, I reviewed this. Uh, we we I was going to review it last week. And then uh, somebody was like, hey, you want to play 16 hours of cyberpunk? And I went, yeah, OK, that can wait. So, How dare uh, you? yeah, no, I, I really, really enjoyed this. If anybody is enjoying Astrobot or Astro's Playroom, 100 percent check out Sackboy because it's such a good little platformer and it's super adorable and fun and charming in a similar way minus the rampant playstation references basically in fact it is uh on our list of the best uh 10 ps5 uh wait no wait let me rephrase that the 10 best games you can play on your ps5 right now because 10 it's like, only games on because PS5. no because we did include some last gen games in there that have had some you know bells and whistles uh attached to them 10 games that are in fact playable on uh-huh. playstation 5 <laughs> hey the xbox one was much harder oh, I can't <laughs> the top seven days of the week <laughs> oh boy um yeah so you liked it you gave that an eight out of ten yeah yeah uh sackboy is really fun it's a shame that the game doesn't have online co-op yet but mm. actually this is something fun uh we tried it with share play the p me and jonathan played some with the ps5 share play feature that would have been so adorable you two boys playing that game together (laughs) you you really that i I, that i want to see that i don't know that you're both such gentle souls i want you to play the little bag boy game watch i threw him off a cliff like four times oh no yeah i wouldn't expect that brian has experience with that playing uh new super mario bros with me (sighs) oh my god yeah I miss that. <laughs> I really cool. miss that. Uh, no, I love this game, man. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm, I might, I might dive into it this week and and just try to hundred percent it because I, I had, I had such a good time with um, Astro's Playroom that I'm kind of itching for that again before I go get my ass kicked in Demon Souls some more. Yeah, the music in this game is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. The original stuff, and then also they have these music levels that like use very specific licensed tracks, but then also. <laughs> They'll incorporate recognizable songs into remixes and orchestral score like versions. So you'll be that's, playing like a water awesome. level and then you'll be like listening to the metal melody of this very lovely orchestra song and be like, wait, is that Madonna's material girl? OK, I'm totally that. That's the song? thing that makes that, me want to play yeah, this. Like, same. Yeah, that's that's me. That's me in fully in. Yeah. That also feels is that like Cisco's like, the song song? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Cisco. He listens to the show. Hey, Cisco. Um, That's two Cisco references now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm trying to beat Coles this time. All right, I guess well, that um, now they're now there's ones ahead. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, um. Yeah, that's. I think that's what excited me because I feel like that's having having remixed orchestral versions of familiar pop songs is sort of a nice way of I, all the all the sort of fan made stuff that would be an homage in Little Big Planet. You know, people are always making sure. things that were familiar, and it's like that's kind of a cool way of doing that without having to throw in a hole. Um, you know, user created content thing there. Yeah. And if you're still here, we actually are going to talk about the secret stuff, the fun things, the good stuff. Um, let's talk about some games. We're all playing games right now. That's the most exciting thing in the world. Um, so many games. Yeah. So let's see. We, um, Lucy, should we talk about our problem? Oh should we my talk God. about? Yeah. Let's talk about it. I uh, have an addiction, <laughs> and it is to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I feel like I was a little dismissive of it last episode. I feel like I was like, you know, it's kind of a meat and potatoes Assassin's Creed game. It's kind of, I think I compared it to McDonald's, which uh, in retrospect, 
I think I was a little harsh. Well, I here's what I, actually... here's what it says in the in the run of show. It says Lucy and Max are dirty little pigs who love hogging around in Ass Creed Valhalla's big bucket of slops. <laughs> and then you went into the dock and left a comment that said, "I just came here to say this." <laughs> so we're on the same page there. Where, like, it's it's a it's a good game, but it's a familiar game. I think that's really all all it is. You know, honestly, this yeah. is this is what I needed to hear because I was in the same. Um, boat with you guys I, I i lost the number of vehicles and and the pig and the ass and the creed and the rustling around with the truffles or whatever you said but the uh <laughs> um i was i was kind of like this is all very good stuff it's a bunch of good systems making a good game that for some odd reason isn't totally grabbing me and this is what i needed to hear to like fire it back up and get back out there I'm just, 30 hours in and it's still delighting me. Yes, damn. it is familiar, but it's like just wandering around in that world, you just discover so many little delights and everything kind of feels like a little delight. It doesn't feel like something, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is the eighth time I've discovered something just like this. It's like, this is new and interesting and 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 cared for. This particular character, someone really gave it about this one-off character and his quest to find a truffle pig or whatever. Like, it's like there, you know, there are just, it's, it's so, it's so considered. Um, it's world is considered, it's characters are considered. Um, and it's, it's, it's really eccentric, which I really like. It's got a weird kind of, um, sensibility to it where it just feels like the devs were having a lot of fun making it. And that really comes across when you're just exploring its world. It, I mean, it obviously takes a lot of cues from The Witcher 3 when there's nothing wrong with that. Um, mm. And I think we all look at The Witcher 3 as having this big, you know, dramatic sweeping story. But then there'll also be like random townspeople who make like Pulp Fiction references. And you're like, that's awfully silly. And like Ask Creed totally has stuff like that in there. I saw um, there was a, a tweet that somebody was like, I can't solve this puzzle. And it was like a list they found in a house that was just a bunch of random items. And it was I was like, what is what is that? And they were like, hmm, maybe someone can help you get to the crux of the matter. And everyone's like, ha ha. And I was like. Oh, it's the Horcruxes from Harry Potter. That's 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 stupid. Did you I like it? Did you see the NPC that has just a hatchet stuck in his head? Yeah, yeah I got him. He's great. Yeah. And he's like, I, I, my head hurts. I, I think I bumped it. Is does, does it? Do you see anything? And you're like, Oh God, man, are you? Yeah. Right? No, it's it's great. Like, there's all these these just these little little moments, these little vignettes, and they're just called like mysteries in the world. And I, I appreciate it because they're not full on, you know, full on dedicated side quests, and they're not mm-hmm. just like randomly generated fetch quests and they're not full story beats they're just like weird little just moments in the world which is really fun to go kind of hmm. you know sort of respond to your curiosity and go over the next hill and see what's going on over there um brian you've been playing a bunch of stuff tell us about all that stuff i uh i just i got my first ps5 platinum for uh astro's playroom which was a absolute delight uh i've talked about the game on the show before you guys have too um that game gets it's really 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 smart in the way it uh brings together so much playstation history and i was thinking about this and i'll probably catch some shit for this but i love all of the parts of smash brothers that aren't necessarily like the part where all the people are beating each other up like if you had taken all the charm and the wrapping paper and the bells and whistles around smash brothers which is the back end of that game is this gigantic museum dedicated to nintendo it is this celebration of unlocking capsule toys full of you know uh, collectibles and and uh statues and little trinkets celebrating the history um this this game astros playroom does that for playstation Mm -hmm. in a a victory lap that i believe is like so well deserved from them that they don't nearly get to pat themselves on the background for it as often as nintendo does uh and it's wrapped in this brilliant and incredibly charming and tight and and smart and fun platformer which is one of my favorite genres like this this ended up being probably one of my favorite 3d platformers of the last few years um easily in my top 10 games of the year. Uh, I went in hundred percent of it and beat every level, found every collectible, read every little thing about it. There's all these wonderful Easter eggs in the big museum room area, uh, which I won't spoil, but you, you collect hardware from throughout PlayStation, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's very self-referential about, you know, um, the stuff that, uh, really was awesome. And the stuff that was kind of like, huh, who is this for? Um, but if, if you like hit the power buttons on those things and like jump on the reset buttons and stuff like that, I you start it. unlocking trophies. There's all these little like Easter eggs and stuff. Um, and I, I, I use, I use a trophy guide for this because there's, uh, there's 
just completely weird of two stuff you have to do to get all the trophies but it gives you a really good excuse to kind of go back in the levels and putz around and look at all the fun little things they have uh hidden for you to do did you use that the card thing where it takes you to like the next trophy objective or whatever yeah 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 oh, the activity is, cards mm-hmm. yeah which uh, it was my, my first time really digging into that feature but yeah the music in this game is phenomenal so like good the, yeah the ssd song is like been stuck so in good. my head and it's the GP, and the gpu song i like i love i didn't realize you know i've been a playstation fan since the original and had them all and like it was just so amazing to see it sounds so stupid and fanboyish but like just seeing the consoles rendered so beautifully up those old consoles and remembering how they felt to turn on and remembering how they felt to put a you know just clicking on that playstation original playstation button I, like, I, yeah, I think that was oh one of the most exciting things which is weirdly just so cyclical but when i when i got the first ps1 and i'm just yeah. holding it up and just like wiggling my controller around and then pushing the button right. to open it, and it was just like that yeah, looks exactly it's like photorealistic like they exactly. and it's, just, it's so cool that we're like we're here now you know yeah. there's this like model viewer mode too where you can basically just go in and rotate and and look at all these toys that you've unlocked man yeah it's it's just so great it's such, it's such a fantastic use of the dual sense it is mm. such a such a beautiful like i think it's really it's like it's the closest thing they've come to making smash brothers aside from playstation all-stars obviously um which i'm yeah. trying to think about but yeah but brian what if that but then the playstation i camera and the playstation 2 controller adapter had to fight each other also that would be it. Yeah. I move over uh, yeah. PlayStation in- All-Stars Battle Royale. I think we got something. It's just hardware <laughs> wars. I want I want this game to grow. I want it to get new DLC. I will pay for it. I want that I want this team to make a full-on $60, $70 platformer that takes 20 hours to beat. Like this isn't a this is a fantastic formula. I think what they did on PSVR was amazing. Um, but that was, you know, PSVR exclusive. So uh, uh, just a small amount of people played it. This comes with your PS5. Do not yeah, ignore don't, it. Don't sleep on it. I've said that to a bunch of people, but it, I think it looks like, you know, pack in demo demo wear stuff, but it's so it's so good. It's I wish okay. they would. I wish they would do a, like DLC levels or a full game or whatever. That's just greatest hits of like classic PlayStation game levels, but reimagined as Astro Boy levels. Mm-hmm. Like if they made like a like a I don't know, a Yarnum level, but it's all cute. That would be I would lose my mind for that. <laughs> Tom, what are you playing? So many things. I had to create a sticky note on my desktop to keep track of all the games I want to play right now. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so my fir- going back a little, my first weekend with the PlayStation 5, I platinumed Bug Snacks, which was very fun and silly. Uh, I also beat all of Started and beat Spider-Man Remastered in a single day because I wanted... I'd only ever gotten like maybe two thirds of the way through that game. Oh, it's going to say like, had you played it before? Right. And so I wanted to fin, I put out a Twitter poll asking if I should finish it and I didn't want to wait for the save file transfer. So I just played the entire thing, uh, which was very fun. And now I'm ready for miles Morales, but burned out on Spider-Man. So I haven't started miles Morales (laughs) yet, Um, but I'm going to do that probably this weekend, this long weekend. Uh, I just have been playing so much stuff. I'm still playing like Hades. I'm still playing Yakuza. I started Assassin's Creed and I'm enjoying it. But every time I want to play Assassin's Creed again, I'm also like, but I love Yakuza. So, so okay, this is the first time this has ever happened to my recollection, but somebody on the show is playing Yakuza that I'm not. Yeah, and it's I not on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of, that kind of rustles my jimmies, but um, I might just start it up an Xbox and hope I get a hold of a Series X at some point. But what's... What's your vibe on it? Like, is it, does it feel significantly different from the other Yakuza games or is it sort of the same thing, but just turn-based? So I've never, I played Yakuza 0 on your recommendation, but I only got a few hours into it before life got crazy and I kind of fell off. And so I'm fresh to the Yakuza series. Okay, Um, And it makes sense? Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, as far as I understand it, it's like a new character in a new city and it's, in kind of a different time period ish. So like it's very removed story wise and I love the main character and I'm enjoying the combat enough and it's very silly and dumb and fun. And like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just enjoying it a lot right now. I'm, it makes me want to go back and play Yakuza zero because like, and continue playing Yakuza zero because I, I don't know. It's just super cool. I'm just really enjoying it. Yeah. I need to play that. I need to get into that game. 
And then also a real quick shout out. I, I just started last night, uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, which is a game that we have a few people on staff like Mitchell and Matt are really, really into the story. Like think this is one of the best stories of the year. In terms I think of- Rid, our producer, is really into that as well. I so think shout out to that. you, Rid. Yeah. Um, and this is a game that I'm, I'm like it's so 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 Japanese right now like it's kind of like the very first thing and I don't say that derogatorily it's just the very first thing that happens is that you watch a like <clears throat> Japanese high schooler lift up her skirt slightly and then that summons her into a giant robot where she's suddenly mm. naked and then she's having a conversation with someone where she's like wait are you from the future also like that other guy and you haven't met that other guy yet and like this is the first moment of the game and i'm like what's going on red i take back my shout out you big perv <laughs> <laughs> no it, it seems really cool it's just you can't judge a you know a story driven kind of visual novel ish game like this off the first hour so i'm excited to keep going in it brian you're playing some ghost runner yeah yeah that game kicks ass have you guys messed with that yeah i just started that last night that game is f word bonkers yeah yeah um i i think it's it's a nice little uh sort of appetizer plate before cyberpunk if you want a little bit of cyberpunk but just without without all the rpg stuff really getting in the way it's just like that feels like uh, Mirror's Edge Hotline Miami, basically. Absolutely. That's the best way of putting it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can say anything better than that. That's it's it's fast as hell. It is twitchy, arcadey, um, ultra stylish and uh, a little repetitive at times, but like very, very, uh, very, very rewarding when you pull stuff off. I wish it was like three percent easier. Yeah. <laughs> like I wish it was just a just just the, like the tiniest little like tweak of the dial down you know it, it pushes i I've, i was just doing like all the uh like the speed run stuff in in astro's playroom so i think i i came into it with like a good a good mind state but i could totally see that i think if it, if it pushed back just a little bit less it would click with people just a little bit more um it does kick your butt a little bit but i when like when you pull stuff off it feels awesome it also just doesn't have load times when you die which is mm-hmm. nice i don't know if that's a ps5 thing or just a, a thing in general but it like it it's like press triangle to respawn it's just that it's mm-hmm. which is very nice but that game is uh yeah that game rules yeah that's like a cup of coffee on your tv <laughs> um speaking of shooters and stuff i think last week i talked about how i played a little bit of call of duty and i wasn't super impressed with it and i found out it's because i was playing the playstation 4 version <laughs> which, which you, suspected. A, you suspected i guess that but I went and checked and sure enough, that's the case. And so I went ahead and downloaded the hundred gigs of PS five version and started it up. And it is awesome. It is really cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I jumped into multiplayer, which I'm usually really bad at. And then I, I think maybe enough people are just, I guess also bad at like a, on a Tuesday morning or whatever, but I did like really well. And like the whole haptic feedback thing really makes you just excited to shoot a person in the face. And it's just all the guns, just real, just all sorts of great vibrations. And they, they really went nuts with the haptics on that. So I'm pretty stoked on that. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty rad. So games, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it is such a great couple of months for good yeah. games. Like the whole I mean, year so spoiled. Awesome. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Like, man, we could have used some of this last year. Right. <laughs> it's crazy to me that I could play an hour of the pathless as well and be like, this game is beautiful and I want to keep playing it. Oh no. And just look at like <laughs> slow pan to this mountain of things I've also started an hour of recently. And just like right. quick quick shout out to Austin Wintery and team for the music in that game. My God. Like I saw I saw those videos of him just like conducting an entire orchestra like i make instrumental music albums and i'm like this is hard and i see what that guy does just on another level it's just incredible incredible stuff yeah the music in the pathless is awesome i i still need to play more of it i played about the first two hours and i really dig it it's like a hyper minimalist uh zelda but with uh, on 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 cocaine like it's just nonstop. (laughs) like the the sort of uh velocity in that game of like moving and just stringing together arrow shots and solving puzzles it's crazy. It's super, super cool. Yeah. So much goddamn shit. <laughs> right? And then we got the cyberpunk and then the other stuff that's coming. Good Lord. And then Santa Claus. Santa Claus is going to come down the chimney, bring us more toys to play with. Good good heavens. Uh, 
anyway, this is fun. I'm glad we all got to sit here and talk about games. Uh, if you want to catch up with us or send us a picture of a turkey or whatever, you could do that. I don't know. That'd be kind of weird. Anyway, I'm on Twitter, <laughs> Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle. Lucy is Luce O'Brien. And Tom is Tom R. Marks. And please remember, send a nice picture of a gingerbread house to Jonathan Dornbush for motivation as he is uh, fully engulfed in his master class about how to build the most structurally sound, environmentally friendly gingerbread house in time yep. for the holidays. And if so. you can please, no, uh, no captions or anything, no context. No, don't don't just let the, him in. Just the photo just, of the, just the photo. Pure motivational yeah. support. It's mm-hmm. JM Dornbush to send him lots of pictures of gingerbread houses. Don't, don't do that little wink in the nod. We're like, Oh, the guy said hello or said us to send their, send the gingerbread houses. Just, just do it. No comment. That's also, it. if if you are making your Thanksgiving turkey house this weekend, remember uh, they are mostly flightless birds and they can't get too high up. So try not to put the windows too high for them. Um, and also, you know, no no wall art on the interiors that's that's too high for them to change. And if you're scared of the Thanksgiving fox trying to sneak into the turkey house, make sure you put in a nice gravy moat. <laughs> that is very that, true. That's the end very. of the PlayStation show, everybody. Thank you for listening or watching, and have a wonderful rest of. Uh, time until the next episode of this show goodbye (laughs) beyond 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 beyond